back in the building, back in the temple. Welcome to another episode of Musings of a Divine Feminine. You have entered my temple, the temples of my mind. So I decided I'm going to go ahead and record this as well. It's going to be very raw. Um, and I think this is just the space I'm in right now. Mercury did go direct. Might be revealing a little bit too much, but I feel like it is what it is. I feel like, um, I don't know, I just feel impressed to share. I know it's going to be vulnerable, but I think I need like younger people to really understand what uh, what what they're trying to say and how it looks in real life. When um, I've only listened to the first two minutes of the video, so I'm going to go back to the beginning and play that. And I'm going to react to it and I want you to kind of, uh, I'm going to use my family as an example to kind of show you, I think that the conversations are important, but we haven't, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to be on the living it and, and see how it looks in real life. Right. And then, um, if I have a little bit of time or depending on my mood, I'll pay the, play the rest of the video the video in its entirety is five minutes long, so let me go to the beginning and play this. Love women's delusions, but I cannot support this. A rich man is not coming in to save you, sister. No one is coming to save you. At best, at best, the closest you will ever get to being fully provided for is being a stay-at-home mom, but I spoke about this at length in my podcast, link in bio, by the way. Um, being a stay-at-home mom is a job. You're just not in the traditional workforce, which makes people devalue your labor and also the fact that you're performing domestic tasks like cooking, cleaning, and caring for the children. But So I want to talk about this because I've mentioned that my mom, my parents are back home for not even 30 days. Um, they got here in March and they're leaving June 1st. So And they're leaving in 13 days. So they've only been here for a little bit. And... Um, because of obviously the content that I cover and I am, um, and she, you know, I talk a lot to my dad. She's, she's not really, she's always doing different stuff. So I end up talking a lot to my dad, but I wanted to just connect with my mom while she was here and kind of pick her brain on certain things. And both of you know, she's um, retired. Both of my parents are retired. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And I think that some people don't really, especially women, don't really understand the financial implications of you deciding to be a stay-at-home mom. I know when I started, this is even before, like if you've been with me before my mom came back in in March, because they've been gone at four months at a time. Um, so... I've been taking insurance, uh, life insurance classes and like learning, you know, what is the practical use of them? How does this apply? And I look at it through the lens of how this can help women with financial literacy. Um, and things have changed so much over the years, too, because I think that even the understanding of like how um, insurance is, there was a time when you could get insurance for what it, you know, something that might happen but they do have insurance policies that you can use while you are still alive and that benefit you um, under living benefits and like long-term care. Um, whereas we're moving away from the model where insurance was just for after you die or to cover, 
your funeral expenses now they have it that if you know if you need to have your mortgage covered or if you're in a partnership and you want to protect yourself for like estate taxes and stuff like that for your your progenitors and whatever but I remember way back I uh, maybe like about a month or two ago and I was taking the classes and I started to realize that well if you're a woman and you're a stay-at-home mom you're not going to be able to put into your retirement fund the way that the provider husband is and one of the things I've been meaning to say is that you have to understand that marriage is a business and that's part of the conversations that the black community is having right now it's a business right and so if you look at it through the lens of a business let me kind of break it down to you in numbers so I talked about how my mom when she came back she went to a bank and she wanted to open up a separate checking account for for additional cash that she had and so um she had several thousand dollars that she wanted to deposit well they wouldn't let her deposit because she had to show proof of income of where she was getting the in the money was coming from and the most she could deposit is 300 a month because that's how much she qualified she had proof of income from her social security um so she a lot of you know she was a principal when i was uh, a baby we had a pretty nice lifestyle you know, um, nannies, housekeepers. Um, at one point, my dad was a principal also, but he decided he didn't like the principal aspect of things and went back to being a teacher. And so, but then by the time that um, they had my subsequent siblings, and it's four of us in total, my mom became a, a stay-at-home mom. Our our mode of life changed a lot. I, I even got a chance to talk to my nanny um, this summer and um, I know that she really doted on me a lot and, and cared for me. And she went on to be a mother and has grandchildren of her own. And I think that they're so fortunate to have her for a mother and a grandmother. Um, a very loving and sweet person. And I'm thankful that I, you know, even though I don't remember that I had, you know, that loving energy in my life. Um, but... Our, our quality of life, then we went to like lower income, lower income, low middle class, low income type of thing. So, but my dad worked full time and his pension is 5,000 a month, right? So, um, when she talks about you need to view it as a job, it kind of adds a little bit of meat and bones to what we mean when you say that you need to be a stay-at-home mom and he needs to be able to protect and pro uh, he needs to provide for not just the children but for you so now we're talking about um so like even for like my our college education my dad didn't pay for any of our college education i had to get out student loans and the other sibling that got stu student loans um, he got out student loans, right? You've got to be able to provide and make sure that they have, if you're going to have kids, they should have, you know, money for them to go to college and or buy their first house. And some people can kind of get angry about that too. I, I you know, take it for what it is. I'm not going to apologize for saying something like that, but you need to provide for your children. And so, but what happens is if the mom is a stay at home mom and she doesn't even have as many hours as my mom did, you know, um, or even at like 11 work, 11 hours to get you the full 40 and 11 hours, 11 quarters or 11 years that gives you 40 quarters 
um, working at 30 hours. For it to qualify as a quarter, it has to be 30 hours a week um, for it to contribute to your Social Security. And your payouts are based on the last 35, the last 25 years of whatever your income is during those 35, 25 years. But, um, and so what, what ends up happening is if, and when he wants to, his income is going to cover whatever household responsibilities there are, but that's also his play money. And so Fast forward, my mom has been doing the cooking, the cleaning, taking care of his big head kids, you know, myself included, um, type of a thing. But if it comes down, push comes to shove, she only gets 300, right? And so if you're going to have that conversation about you staying at home, are you going to be able to quote unquote squirrel away enough to add it to some type of, um, it's really nice now because you can set up like in your, in Robinhood. I really like Robinhood. You can set up your own Roth IRA or I, traditional IRA or Roth IRA. I would recommend Roth IRA. Do your due diligence on that one and you'll see why. I'm, I would say if you're going to do it, do your own Roth IRA. Every time you're getting, you know, money for groceries and to take care of the kids for soccer and choir and gymnastics and Whatever else it is they need, you need to be putting aside money for your retirement, for your pension, too. I think even learning, like, I I will, there are so many pivotal moments in my life, but the meeting that I had for the insurance company on Thursday, oh, my gosh, I, you know, he had 118 slides, but when you, and and this is what, this is, this is a perfect time to kind of um, segue Marriage is a business. And I talked about how if you're going to be a stay-at-home mom, this is the perfect segue. You need to understand your money. You need to understand finance. I think that one of the things she's going to to mention in the next few moments is that a lot of times women feel like, oh, being a stay-at-home mom is a cop-out. You know, and it absolves me. They feel that it absolves that person or it absolves me of having to be financially savvy. And I'm going to tell you on this side of things, the things I'm seeing right now, don't do it. Love my parents, but don't do it. No, Nobody's really coming out and selling you this, but I mean, they're telling you, but, but they're not telling you the way I'm telling you. Like I'm, I just gave you numbers. Don't do it. I, I, um, if I, if you, depending on which, which videos you've clicked on, I, yesterday or two days ago, I asked my mom, mom, would you get married again? And she's like, I don't know. And then I asked her, would you have kids? And she said, no. Okay. This is from somebody who used to be a principal and was just on the tip of becoming, you know, blossoming into everything that she could ever want to be. And a couple of weeks back when she was telling me about how she was having trouble with the checking account thing, she was like, oh my gosh, I should have worked. Right? I'm telling y'all, like, I know they're trying to tell you because I, I don't want to sound rude and be like, nobody's telling you, but I'm, no. They're trying to tell you, but I'm telling you from a more practical, like, this is what's happening in March of 2023. I'm watching it in real live, living color with my mom. 
So all this time when all her friends, you know, were working, some of them are teachers, some of them are nurses, some of them are health administrators. And the talking point would always be like, oh, you're so lucky you get to stay at home. You're so lucky. And she would say, well, my dad, my my husband retired me. I'm a stay at home wife. Right. And it was cool until it's until it got cool, like cold, chilly, like brr, like. You know, so it's and so you I can't really go into too, too much more than I'm, you know, but I'm saying all that to say, like you getting married also. And I listen, my parents did the best they could. I just have to be raw because what I'm going to say is like you think that him bringing home the food or whatever and putting a roof over your head there needs to be enough in there for you to so if he if his pension is going to be 5000 your pension needs to be 5000 and that means you need to figure out how you're he's going to give you a quote unquote allowance and then that means if he's giving you an allowance that you are growing it just as responsibly as they are and um this is why I was even talking about how it's so cool because on Thursday I was learning about how a lot of people um will grow their 401k, but they don't realize that they can branch it out into two other um, money-making instruments and substantially reduce your taxes by getting a SEP IRA and by getting an FIA. And those are mostly like if you're going to be a business owner, I feel like too. But, um, and so that means that you're going to have to be having these conversations about like even things like, um, it's one thing to have your children and to give them allowance, but what does it mean to set up an account where you're putting 6000 a year into each of those children's accounts tax-free so that they can have that college fund and they can have a, a, a more secure um, footing and be able to buy their first home, right? And so then now the math looks completely different when you start to say, does he have, does he make enough? Is he worthy of having a wife and a family? And I don't even want to use the words worthy, but is he have, does he have enough income? Cause this is, this is part of what bothered me with the whole, um, would you date a bus driver conversation? And I said, if you're a bus driver and you want to date another bus driver and marry another bus driver, that's one thing. But I feel like there are certain types of men that should not have families. I think that families are, are a responsibility and they're a privilege. And I think that there are certain income brackets where, listen, my guy, I understand that you have needs or, you know, you want to have children, but people in hell want water, like people in hell want ice, you know, or ice water. It's kind of like just because you want it doesn't mean that you're entitled to get it. And so let's talk about this a little bit more. When you start to say, okay, now we're starting to have conversations about family planning. Now we're having conversations about you being a stay-at-home mom. Whatever income he's bringing in, you need to be able to be smart about that money and put it into into something that's going to give you equal returns to where if they're getting 5000 at the end of their, their years, you're getting your 5000 are there things where your name is on the deed for the house and it's going to be paid out right, you know, if you have the full length of a marriage and stuff like that? Yes, but I think if you kind of understand how things kind of pan out and 
I feel like I'm gonna leave that alone because it's just a little bit of a tender raw point. But um, and so then if you start to have conversations about family planning outside of just oh you're gonna stay home and take care of the kids, I talk about how now it's things like if you can't afford to put six thousand a year into each child's um, account, if you can't insure, afford an insurance policy from the time that they're born, if you can't afford to do that, then, and you can't afford to have, I don't know, I don't, I listen, I, I don't know the math of how much it would take for you to get a month to get into a bracket of where, you know, you're also have saved, you Time is of the essence. So obviously, if you are planning for 30 years out, then there are people who are teachers or who have worked part time and they save their money and are able to to retire with a millionaire, million dollar, multi-million dollar account. But that's why I think that what I'm trying to say is women, we have to be more financially savvy, more financially literate. And I think that Sometimes, you know, I've had to do that for myself. Um, I don't know if I had gotten in a relationship, if I would have just kind of like not had those conversations with my significant other or my counterpart or whatever, or depended on him. And it's kind of crazy, too, because even when I think of talk about how like my last two um relationships one of them was a six-figure earner was a millionaire by the time I had gotten around you know started dating him and then the other one was a multi-millionaire had the potential you know type of status although but I feel like um I think especially with the one before where I talked about how his job is like his place of employment is gone children like the pandemic came and took it out and it's like if I were to follow the same MO or same pattern, I would have been depending on him to make all the financial decisions and put a roof over my head. When in reality, it's like I need to be financially sa- savvy, right? I would have still needed to be. And this is so wild. And, and um, I think the person after this, she says, like, it's kind of weird because you, you do want to be able to get in a place where they provide for you. But I feel like you have to know how to make the money work for you. I think that what I'm trying to say is it's one thing for them to, for you to be a stay-at-home mom and to take care of the children, but you have to be savvy about how to grow the accounts for your children, how to make sure that they have a college fund, how to make sure that they have a life insurance policy. Um, And the interesting thing too is a lot of people don't um, understand this, I think, and things have changed, but the insurance policies, you have two types. You have the one that accumulates cash value, and then you have the one that does not. I think that a lot of people are familiar with the with the policy that does not accumulate cash value, and those are term policies, and those are cheaper, and they do serve a purpose. And only certain, you know, um, those people, people who are have bad health conditions would get term for the most part, they wouldn't qualify for whole life or like IULs. So, but obviously the ones that accumulate cash value would cost a little bit more, but that's how you want to take, take a look at it too. So if you're getting Birkins, it's like, 
I would much rather you give me the money for the Birkin and I put it into um, like VTI stock and let it accumulate over the next 20 to 30 years versus having the actual handbag. But that means that I have to be savvy. That means that I have to be smart. I remember um, when Tiffany Haddish was dating um, Common. I don't know if he actually gave her this or if she said she wanted it for a wedding gift or something. But I remember her talking about how she would much rather that he gave her a car wash than to buy her a ring or something along those lines. It's been a while since I've, um, and a lot of people thought it was weird, but I picked up exactly what she was going putting down because when we talk about like even me selling my car to turn it into a recurring asset versus a depreciating asset, no, an appreciating asset versus a depreciating asset, a car is a depreciating asset. If I turn around and sell it and and buy Google ads, I'm going to be getting that continual income month after month after month. If you get a ring, it might retain its value. It, it can definitely be a family heirloom. But it's so much different if you have a car wash because a car wash is bringing you income every single month. And if the relationship breaks off or it ends up or whatever, what have you, it's still going to continue to generate you income. And I think that more of us women need to be more financially sap, like more financially savvy. If you're going to be a stay-at-home mom, I think another point that um, I would say is if you, you know, if you're going to work part-time, make sure you're working at least 30 hours for it to count for the 30 hours per week for it to count towards what would be considered a an uh, a quarter, right? And make sure that you get your 40 quarters. And then, but with that being said, on the low end, um, when I did my research on it, you would get like the lowest that get you get paid out from Social Security is um, $49 and like 51 cents. And then you have a, an average or medium where the average person will get between 1000 to 1500 for social security payout, um, my dad is more of like on um, the professional spectrum of things. There are people who would make more on their pension than that. But I feel like um, you need to start. To, and, and, and another important one, too, is figure out how to do tax withholdings. I don't I'm not going to spend too much time on it here. But if you type in why should I put zero or one for my tax withholdings, that's going to help you understand a little bit more, too, because. Um, I remember when we went into our office, sometimes I don't, I wonder that what their intentions were when they told us to put one versus the other. Um, but now that I understand it, I would have definitely navigated. I, I might do a separate podcast on that one. Um, cause I think it is important, but I think that you need to kind of start to understand those conversations. You being a stay at home mom doesn't mean you know, yes, you were still doing work and yes, it still has value. And I think that I kind of see it, if I'm honest a little bit with my parents, because it it turns into, well, you know, I'm worth more because I was out working, but my mom was working just as hard, if not harder, taking care of this man's four big headed kids, you know, and, and type of stuff and everything that comes with it. And so here it is, it's like when it comes to, to, payout and how people really feel about being able to spend what's your money versus now, you know, someone else having tangible money coming back into them from what they paid into their. So I say all that to say, like, you need to if it's a job, you need to make sure that your pension at the end of the 30 years is going to account for something. 
you know, something more, right? If you're going to look at it at a job, um, that's why I was saying also, if you're going to work, insurance policies, I would say I, I'm, I, you're not going to grow any cash value with term policies. If you get an IUL, and I talked about like the million dollar, two million, three million, and you don't want to over, over insure yourself, right? You, you're going to figure out what that means. Um, and, but I talk about the living benefits, like how after six months you can take out cash and you can use that for down payment on a house or, you know, um, how you have the long-term care benefits. I've, I've seen anywhere from 5,000 to 15,000 to 20,000 for any, you know, to take care of your long-term expenses for, for care. And so it's wild because if anything happens, like with my dad, he will have stuff for, um, to take care of him when he gets sick or, or stuff. And my mom, I mean, unless they set something up for that, eh, you know, the burden um, falls on me too. So yeah, being a stay-at-home mom doesn't absolve you from being financially literate. You you have to crunch the numbers. You have to understand what that means on the end things. And yeah, you can hope all you want to that he's going to do the right thing. And the reason I say this is because um, even juxtapose, that's one of my favorite words, to what I've been seeing happening at my church, the church I used to go to, these men got the dog in them, y'all. Um, I've talked about several heartbreaking situations. These are women I grew up with that I look up to that are that fit, friendly, feminine. And I, I talk about, you know, it's funny because you're like, oh, what, does she know like every handsome person and every pretty person and every, you know, attractive person? No, <laughs> my church has regular people too. But when you think about prototypes in terms of like beautiful women who were still like a size two with hair down to natural hair down to their waist. Barbie figures, like lawyers, attorneys, um, nurses, doctors. Um, when you talk about another prototype where this woman is like, um, has like the lighter hair, like the hazel eyes, kids come out, blonde hair, blue eyed, right? Everything, sweet, feminine, docile, Christian, submitting to her husband. And you're banking on that you spent all this time with this man, raised his kids, and... Y'all, the, the baby, the um, in uh, both scenarios, the, the youngest one, they as soon as they graduated high school, the man filed for divorce and has a, a, a one has a, um, a Maria and the other one has a Ling Ling. And so it it makes me understand, too. I'm almost going to cry a little bit because. I remember with the second one, I, it's weird because we, we, here's the thing. A lot of, you know, I took my doctorate level classes. I did one year of doctorate level classes, loved it so much. Um, I love learning <laughs> and, um, one of my last classes, I took it with her. And I remember when I would look as I do observe things, I am a visual highly visual and I pick up on things I remember she had the sadness to her eyes and even though she would smile a lot and she was always so sweet and nice with me and again I grew up with her she was a she was uh, my one of my brother's preschool teachers like preschool kindergarten teachers so my family is very fond of her and you know growing up it's like we remember her getting married and then having the kids and so they're you know 
they're a little bit on the younger side below what I would used to babysit type of a thing. But I remember there was just this sadness, but I think that it, it's in the realization that she's like, oh crap, we're going to have to get a divorce and we're going to stay together until this youngest one, because it's been almost four years since I took classes with her. So um, this would have been when the baby was a freshman in high school and you're re realizing that the, the relationship is falling apart and she's saying, let's, you know, or whatever, deciding to stay until the, the youngest child graduates from college, from high school and realizing that you have to go back to school and complete your doctorate, you know, um, and so not only have you put in the 14 years of taking care of the children and you started off as a teacher, because remember, I talk about how she was the preschool teacher for my, one of my younger brothers. So it's same thing like my mom started off as a principal, started off being a teacher. And then you get married, you have kids, you're a stay at home mom. And then you start to realize that the relationship is falling apart. And so that means you're going to have to go back to school and you're going to have to get your education and you're going to have to start to grow your own pension at a time when he's getting ready to to, to settle on out. And he has his pension and he has all of his benefits in place. And you've already taken care of his big headed kids. And now she's I mean, God forbid, she's so when I talk about when you learn about um, how Social Security pays out. There's a difference between currently insured and totally insured. And it can take you up to 11 years to get totally insured. But if you're averaging it averaging it out over the last years that you've worked and you, your check is on the lower end, depending on what, you know, what you went into and what you were, what you paid into it. And the reason I say it depends on what you paid into it is because some people will advise you, advise you to put a one or a zero. And that has to do with how much taxes they withhold. And you want to contribute as much towards your social security as possible, because if they tell you not to withhold any, taxes, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. You're screwing yourself in the long run. But it's kind of interesting, too. And this is why being financially savvy is so important, too, because there are conversations that, um, especially from Generation X onward, y'all may not even get Social Security. You might not get payouts the way that our parents did. So I feel like um, you definitely need to crunch the numbers because if you're not paying into your social security, you need to put it into something that's going to grow your money just as much or more, right? That's going to counter inflation. One of the reasons people like IULs is because depending on who you go with, um, these are the numbers you kind of, they will quote you a really good healthy return is 5% a year. Um, Vanguard pays out about 5% a year. But some of the instruments, and um, this was really cool because some of the, I, I could tell you the names of some of the insurance um, companies that we use that have higher payouts. Um, but it, I know for a fact it's in my notes because I'm going to maybe write a little book um, that kind of will give you like what to look for, like a little checklist and stuff. But I, for sure it's on my notes and I will probably come back and share it with you later. But they they um, advertise to pay out 6%, but they actually show earnings of 8%, right? 8% um, and higher. Um, but I say that to say that you want to make sure you put it in something that's um, not only going to grow, but that's also going to counteract inflation, right? Um, 
Because it's one thing to put your money into a savings account at the bank that's giving you 0.02% a year. And so at that point, you're you're losing money because it's not growing and keeping up with the, with the rate of inflation. But I'm, I'm saying that so you can write down on your notepad what it is you need to talk to with your financial advisor and your tax advisors and stuff like that, right? Okay. So, yeah, it's important for you to be financially sa- savvy, right? Learn And, and so... Then you start to have these conversations about... What was that? Oh, there's a little string on my... <laughs> there's a little string on my um, on my blanket. And I'm like, what is it? It's going to eat me. But yeah. Um, and so then, uh, you know, it's a delicate conversation too. Because if you're the stay-at-home and you are financially savvy and the man is bringing home the money. And it's kind of like, it's my money. I can do with it whatever I want. And what do you know? It's like, nah. You need to show them the proof, show them the documentation and be like, this is what we need to grow our money to. And so as I'm going to close out with this, I'm going to say, now you have a barometer of what someone who is ready to be a provider looks like. He needs to be able to provide at least 6000 a month in each of your children's um, savings account, like in their insurance policy, right? Or, or I think for taxes, for tax purposes into their account. And you need to figure out what the math is going to be for you, whether you're if you're going to be a part time work part time, make sure you're working at least 30 hours. If, if you're kind of going to try to work for those 11 years, right, to get fo- to get totally insured, right, um, versus currently insured. And then the other thing, too, is you want to make sure like if he's giving you allowance money don't just blow through that allowance money and be like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and then you're getting your hair and your nails done. And then when it's time to, you know, God forbid if you end up getting a divorce and he's getting his pension and you're splitting and now you, you know, you're up a creek because you don't have something to fall back on, um, you're really screwed. But if you figure out, okay, he gives me money for hair and nails um, he, it really needs to be more than that. It needs to be that he's contributing to an account, a, a Roth account for you that, um, that is going to grow just as much as his is, you know, um, or like I said, if you're going to work part-time, you're going to get way more bang for your buck. In my opinion, if you pay for an IUL, not a term, I want to be very clear because I think some people are only familiar with term policies. Term policies do not accrue cash value. Okay. Whole life, whole, whole, ter- whole policies do, but they cost a little bit more. Okay. Um, uh, um, and it provides a tax shelter and I forgot what I was going to say. So, so yeah, you'd be much better off even if you decide, you know what, I'm going to, work part-time, but I'm going to make sure that I'm paying towards this policy, whether it's like a $100,000 policy or a million-dollar policy or whatever. You're going to decide what is good for you. I'm going to pay to this policy. And then um, if anything happens, like let's say you are you are also disciplined towards like, I know the temptation could be like, oh, well, I'm going to take out money and buy myself like a boat or 
a yacht or whatever, it's like, hold on to it for emergencies because let's say the 18 years pass by and he files for divorce. Well, at least now you can take out money from, that has accrued from the cash value and buy your own house. Like if you have to sell your house and, and so now you don't have a roof over your head, you know that the cost of rent is really high. And so then what you can do is offset it by taking out money to put a down payment on another house, but you have enough recurring income that it will still pay the mortgage versus you're going to really shoot yourself in the foot if you sell the assets and sell the house. And now you don't have a roof over your head and you're going to really run through your money having to pay rent. I hope that that kind of makes sense, right? That's, that's how my Virgo mind works. So And so then when you're talking about family planning, you might not ask my mom, like if she would have kids and she said, I said, would you have kids or have more kids? And she said, no. <laughs> and I had to laugh. I couldn't even be mad at it. But I feel like um, now you're really going to be looking at it through the lens of like, OK, do we really want to have more than two kids? Can we really finance financially provide for them? Can we really get them set up to where? They have a college fund and, and can we afford their term? Uh, uh, mm, um, mm. Do I want to say this? Gerber. Gerber is like one of the favorites from several people I've heard. Not to be construed as you know, financial advice, do your due diligence. But Gerber is one of the favorites for when um, you can get it as early as when the baby is nine years old for the million dollar policy. And it's way, 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 way cheaper if you start to grow it from when they're babies, then, you know, obviously when they're older, but always sooner than later. So, and it's a perfect gift too. like, um, uh, one of the, the, my favorite people that I listen to, she, she uses her income. She's in the insurance sector also. And she used to be, I think a nurse before that, but she uses her income to pay into the policies for all of her nieces and nephews. Um, and so I thought that was so nice, too, because it's like we always think about how can we help other people, you know, through through stuff like that. And so but again, if if she's doing that from when they're born, it's it's not even if it's lots of nieces and nephews. It's like if you're starting off from when they're babies and nine months old or whatever, nine days old, um, you can get it as early as nine days old. But you know, let's say you give it a year to start paying for it for that for them. That's that's how you build legacy. Right. So let me finish playing what she has to say. But I just wanted to get like real and raw with you about what that looks like. And that means you're going to have to crunch the numbers. And that means that you cannot build with a bus driver in the uh, or what you will hear is those few people who were financially savvy because again it's so cool on the insurance sector side of things when you have a financial planner shit you not um it is possible but not everybody knows about it and there's even stuff that not even the one percent know but there there is a book and i remember i i mentioned it earlier in my podcast um and it was talking about how you can be a, a teacher and graduate with million, not graduate. <laughs> you can um, retire with millions and multi-million dollars and even retire early if you apply the right principles. Right. And especially if you set things up for your children, it just makes it so much easier for them. Right. To, to not only retire, like even 20 years earlier. And it's like, well, how did they do that? Well, they understood certain principles and they knew how to save and how to structure it. So it is possible. Right. Let me finish playing what she's saying. So 
providing the early childhood education for your children, um, keeping up with the house, sometimes it involves managing the finances, that's all very labor intensive. It is absolutely a job. It is a complete, it's just an insult to women who stay home to be like, well, only one of you works. Both people are working, they're just working in different avenues. Internalized misogyny prevents people from realizing that, but moving on to the fact that this will never happen to you in america you need a lot of money to provide a comfortable good life for two people to live off of one again you need a lot of money in order to provide a comfortable setting for everyone okay go back 10 seconds so you can hear that again children his misogyny prevents people from realizing that but but moving on to the fact that this will never happen to you, in America, you need a lot of money to provide a comfortable, good life for two people to live off of one income. And the number of men who make that amount of money, there's just not enough for them to go around. And then this is the part where you... And that's the thing. So can you marry a bus driver? Yeah. Do bus drivers want to love? Yeah. But... um it's a privilege to have a wife and it's a privilege to have children. And if you're going to do it right and you're crunching the numbers... Unless, and again, so that's where not not only is he going to have to be financially savvy, the divine, the divine feminine, the woman is, you're going to have to know your numbers. You're going to have to know how to crunch it. You're going to have to be financially savvy, not just to manage his finances, but yours too. Straight up. A lot of money to provide a comfortable, good life for two people to live off of one income. And the number of men who make that amount of money, there's just not enough for them to go around. And then this is the part where you say, well, I'm the exception. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. By virtue of the fact that you weren't born into that social class, by virtue of the fact that you don't have the physical, social, or emotional attributes of the women who are able to become the exception, it's not going to happen to you. What is going to happen is that if you continue to ride this pipe dream and not invest in jobs, school, hobbies, anything other than consuming Delulu content about femininity and a provider man, you're going to find yourself at 35 with no real accomplishments, no goals, not a husband to seek of, and realizing that like you had no life plan. This is whole entire facts because I've talked a little bit about how I decided to buy my first house. And uh, kid you not, I mean, it's one thing to hear people talk about it, but IRL, real life, um... In real life, I remember struggling with, oh my gosh, this is going to make me seem like um, people are not going to want to marry me because I have my own house. And I remember not only going through that thought process, but I remember I was talking to this one guy and I let it slip. Okay, I'm very intentional about using that language. I let it slip that I had my own house and the look on his face and how the countenance changed. Then it was like disappointment and it's kind of like ah crap I shouldn't have told them I had my own house because there's this stigma that you're supposed to wait until you get your partner to buy your house and when you're going to buy your family but house has to do so much more with that like when I retire from that you know I have something to fall back on and um use for when I retire and to leverage that income and so god forbid if I had waited to get married or to have a husband you know that's let's not set ourselves back continue to move the way that you need to get that house get that education get that career experience and if he will come he will come but don't shoot yourself in the foot you know or think that being a stay-at-home mom where you have a roof over your head and you can kind of do stuff around the house and have nothing to show for it later especially if there's a divorce and they try to 
do it the Christian way where they will mule you until the, the last child goes to college, you know, graduates from high school, and then they just dump your ass, you know, you got to be financially smart about it. It's no goals, not a husband to seek of, and realizing that, like, you had no life plan. And not that 35 is old or anything, but it's a little too old to be in that situation. And, like, I'm kind of empathetic because I get it. It really says something about the social and economic state of women right now that so many women are jumping onto this bandwagon because it provides an escapist fantasy. But at the same time, like, why is it shameful to want to be provided for? I can't, like... And I get it. Um, I don't want to spend too, too, too long on it because I think I want to play the rest of the video. I get that you want to be provided for, but if they're going to provide for you, remember we were talking about standards, boundaries, and expectations. And it's one thing for like a regular XY to just say stuff out of the side of his mouth. And it's another thing for you to have hardcore, tangible stuff in writing. Okay? It's, a, it's another thing for them to show you where... You know, you have things in place. You, you know that automatically if you have one, one or two children, six or 12,000 of those dollars need to go towards that child's investment stuff. You know that there needs to be money for those Gerber accounts that you're going to maintain for the rest until they're 18 or 21 and then you turn it over to them. You also need to account that you need allowance money that, that you can Yes, you to take care of yourself, but also set aside for when it's time for you to start collecting your pension or like it wouldn't be pension, but for you to retire off of that, you can grow to where you're, you know, for some people, you might not want or need five thousand dollars a month, the same as your counterpart. But you and and so what if you decide that you need ten thousand a month to, to live off of to what how much do you need to squirrel away each month from what he's giving you? Because it is a job and you are at home. When you think about what it costs to pay a housekeeper, to pay, you know, a, a chef, to pay. And lots of people have talked about what it means to get paid for all those things, to be a nanny, to be a caregiver. Yes, it is your children, but there's a cost that's associated with that. And if you were to do it for someone else, at least you would get the money and be able to retire the way that you need to. Does that kind of make sense? So now you have hardcore numbers. Now you know that you need, you know, you have numbers versus somebody just saying, I'm going to provide for you. And they're not even giving you an allowance, expect you to stay at home, cook all the meals. And then when everything is said and done, you don't have anything to show for it. Got to be financially savvy. <laughs> and I know that we're not losing our best and brightest to femininity content, but you should still do something with your life, you know? Love, love, love this video because it is so real surrounding obtaining a rich man and getting a provider man. The truth is, and it comes down to a rich man or a provider man, he likes a woman that's already accomplished or at least working her way up there. He's not coming to Oh, this is giving pick me energy. So, if you know, you know. Um... And I am I'm, I'm looking at the image of what is this is giving pick me energy. So I'm not I haven't heard anything outside of what she just said right now. And then you heard me go. Oh, <laughs> so but yeah, so I'm not I can't say I co-sign on what she's saying. I'm just going to listen right alongside with you. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's giving me pick me energy. To save you and you ain't got shit going on. 
Now, fill up with the sprinkle, sprinkle content becoming popular and also this content surrounding getting a rich man becoming popular is teaching women they don't have to do anything because this. What's so weird is that it's she's I'm going to give her a little benefit of the doubt because she's saying the same thing that the previous person said. But I think the way that she's talking about you, you can hear what triggered me at the beginning. They're in the same lane, but one of them, I, I, I agree with the first one, but let me see what the second one has to say. If you get what I'm saying, I wish we had comments or whatever, so you could kind of tell me if you pick up what I'm putting down. Let me see. Rich men is coming to save you. And like she said in her video, these rich men, these provider men are not coming to save you. You need to invest in school. You need to invest in hobbies. You need to be investing in something because they are not coming to save you. And I feel like with this wrinkle sprinkle content is teaching women to don't do anything because this rich man will take care of all of your stuff number one you should never want someone to have that much power over you if boom and and trust me when i say boom you should never want someone to have that much power or control over you i am going to repeat it and i'm not gonna go into my personal life or anyone else's but um you should not want someone to, and another thing i want to say too sometimes you know um i guess sprinkle sprinkle is at the top of the it's like a trending topic right now but um because the last video i just did was on the sprinkle sprinkle thing but i feel like um if you sometimes we, we've been talking about it's one thing to hear what people are saying, but you also have to look at what they're doing and if you're going to emulate it. And if you look at how the Sprinkle Sprinkle content creator moves, she has books. She has businesses. She has a couple of YouTube channels. She's been very um, enterprising, right? Entrepreneurial, right? So that's how she's leveraging her time. And she has streams of income, she sells i've bought some of her stuff before i've bought um she sells like these liquids i forget what they're called um but yeah she sells like um these liquids like the metaphysical liquids and she also has um like i think uh eyelashes i don't know if she sells bracelets anymore i know at one point she used to um like i said she has she has monetized both of her channels youtube channels she also has, like I said, written at this point at least two books that I'm aware of. It could be three or four. So she might not outright tell you she's getting to the bag on her own. But if you were to look at her actions, I would say copy her actions when it comes to her generating income for herself as well. And you better believe her names are on those titles. Like she's talked about this, I know, a couple of years ago. If you're going to give her jewelry and or buy her houses and stuff, her, her name needs to be on that title and and that type of stuff. But she's financially savvy. And I think you'll kind of once I've said that, you'll kind of pick up on that aspect of how she um, talks about things. So if that rich man decides to get up and leave and take all of his stuff away from you. What do you have? Nothing. Because you dependent on this man to give you all of the things that you desire and want. If you want a rich man, if you want a provider man, there is nothing wrong with wanting that. But at least have your own stuff. At least already be somewhat accomplished so you don't have to depend on him for all of your life expenses.
What I don't like about this Sprinkle Sprinkle content and how to get a rich man content is it's still centering men. It's still making men the priority in your life. You're still centering him. I can agree with that. I can agree with what she's saying. Next. And we have discussed so much about decentering men just for these Sprinkle Sprinkle girls and also <laughs> these women who talk about getting a <laughs> the sprinkle sprinkle girls damn and so let me i'm uh, you know what she went there so i'm gonna say it too when i say she looks like a pick me and i talk about you can pick and choose what you want from content creators i think that you know one of the things i do like about sprinkle sprinkle is just being able to take care of yourself and your essence just because you're in your masculine doesn't mean that you can't take care of your appearance you know, you might not like how she gets to the bag or the provider thing, but you can learn from how she takes care of her physical appearance. Like, it wouldn't hurt you to do that. But I mean, provider men and rich men pay for all of my stuff. It's centering men. So you're saying that this stuff is women empowerment, but it's not women empowerment because you're still making men the center. You're still depending on a man entirely for your life if that man leaves if that man gets his stuff and goes you don't have a life anymore because you censored him and what this content is also doing is setting a lot of young girls up to spend their young years searching for a man to save them it's setting a lot of young girls up to find a man who will never come because they don't have shit going on for their own selves these rich provider men like women who are already accomplished. These rich provider men like women who are working their way up. These rich... I think part of why I have a problem with that, because um, I, it bothered me when she said it. And so, but now that she's saying it again, you know, I do have a problem with it because we're looking, we're on the, on the cusp of what's happening with Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, right? And so, yeah, you're going to have a Dwayne Wade type that's going to gravitate to someone like Gabrielle Union, but that's still not a fifth. That's still not a um, provider relationship. Right. And and he's no different than the type of men who go on Kendra G and say that they want to they want a woman, but they don't want to be responsible for any of her her, you know, don't ask me for anything. And I'm like, well, then if I'm not going to ask you for anything, don't talk to me. Don't ask me for nothing. Okay. You are calling me a gold digger and you just want me for my body. So, but I feel like, um, I think that's why I have a problem with it because, um, yeah, let me just provider men are not going to come and save you if you're not doing shit for yourself you have no hobbies no actual career nothing they're not going to come and pick you don't let this stuff fool you and like she mentioned in her video even if you were to be a stay-at-home mom being a stay-at-home mom is still a hell of a job okay so woo we finished that let me let the commercial play while i put it on mute so um they're both telling you that it takes a job, but I hope that I try to break down for you what that means in terms of a pension later on or income later on or paying into a retirement later on, your 401k, SEP IRA, or FIA. I will say this, and this is part of where, again, y'all coming for Sprinkle Sprinkle. Um, I don't agree with everything that Sprinkle Sprinkle says, but listen, I'm a Sprinkle Sprinkle. I Sprinkle Sprinkle when I step out of the house. I make sure I look like a divine goddess, and that's one thing I learned learn from her. Another thing, too, is, you know, um, there is more to learn from 
if you're going to emulate what she's going to do and you look at her actions, you're going to see that she is an author. She has several streams of income. But when I was talking to you about um, the importance of a lot of people just do their uh, 401k, but they don't know that you can get a SEP IRA, a Roth IRA, and and or an FIA, right? So not just one, not just two, but three streams of income for retirement. And you can set them all up and they reduce your taxes significantly. And I remember I said earlier in this podcast, I'm like, oh, but you need to be a business owner. Well, guess who's a business owner? She's a business owner. So she has her LLC. She has her um, stuff that she, you know, monetizes both her, her, um, her channels and her, the stuff that she sells. And so now she can put her income, right? So husband is still providing, still has a roof over her head, right? Still taking care of the kids the way that, that they should, right? But she's using that free time, especially now that the kids are grown and they're older, to grow several streams of income. And now all of that money is going into her retirement accounts. And now she has those tax write-off too. I'm telling you, I listen, I don't, I, that's why I don't just listen to what you're saying. I listen to what you're saying. And I also look at the behaviors and I look to see if they match. And so this is one of those reverse things where people are being like, oh, don't, no, don't, don't miss the forest for the trees on this one. You know, um, you have to learn to see through people and either what you're when you dig and you see they're going to be telling you one thing and doing another. But I think with in her case, she's telling you one thing, but she's also doing everything that they're giving her criticism, criticism for. She does have a backup plan. Um, it's just right there before her before your eyes. But I don't really think you're seeing it through the lens that I am. But because I kind of have a little bit of understanding of of now of how you know what it is it's supposed to look like i'm gonna tell you a lot of us have a problem with the um third party stuff or making centering the man to where he's the income provider but i can tell you that she has her own business and if she's setting up the tax brackets correctly and or pouring into she's gonna be okay regardless of if he tries to leave her or not or if and when he passes She's going to be okay. Okay. So again, it's kind of like that balancing effect, you know, um, and learning how to leverage the information that you're receiving. Cause I, like I said, I do think that she does have other things. Like there are going to be people who want to go into a relationship and they're going to have the provider relationship. But then now that now it's upon you to have numbers and figures uh of what that looks like and some people might not be ready for marriage right now he might have to go back to the drawing board and add more income in order to afford a wife and to be able to afford children and understanding that those are privileges and not bus drivers you know may or may not be entitled to that people who work at mcdonald's are definitely are not entitled to that and again do you own the mcdonald's that's a whole other but i i see that to say you know, I feel like um, a lot of the conversations have to do with men thinking that just because they're a peen wielder and that they get horny, that they're entitled to have sex and to have a wife and to have children. And no, that's not how it works, you know. So marriage is a business. And that means that the wife, if, if it's a job, you need to understand how it's going to look. And I gave you a very raw and vulnerable look inside peak of my family of what 
that looks like and what the numbers can look like for you if you decided to go that route? Or how can you kind of tweak some things here and there to still work part time, get the hours in that you need to put it into the correct stuff, get yourself an LLC, get yourself a business and, and protect yourself. Okay. All right. Love y'all. Bye.